We are back after a long hiatus. Well, it's only been a week, but we're back. This is the Detroiter. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're covering sports in the Motor City, in the Mitten State, um, soon to be presented by Detroit Sports Nation, as well as the second string, the secondstring.com, all your apparel needs. Any Rams fans watching, we got this little number in there. We got the LA Rams Super Bowl champs little number in there. Go check it out. Obviously, all the Detroit, Michigan, Michigan State stuff. And I've maybe said before on here, I know I've said somewhat on the socials, I want to do more more streetwear. Like, I love the sports stuff. I love the Lions. I love all the sports shit. The vintage sports, I could wear just a crew neck, a Lions, Red Wings, you name it, crew neck every single day for the rest of my life. And I'd always feel like I'm a million bucks. I'd always feel comfortable. I'd always feel great. I'd feel confident. But I realize, um, A, it kind of gets old. Like people see it and you're like, wow, dude, you're wearing a Michigan State shirt again, bro? You know the season's over until September, right? You know you're allowed to wear shirts that aren't affiliated with the college you went to, right? I see that criticism. Like, I see that point. Not that I'm sitting up at night like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. They might be on my case. I've worn a Michigan State shirt three of the last five days. No, no, no. But as a state guy, I love MSU, love everything about them. Otherwise, I wouldn't make the shirts. I think they're sick shirts regardless of school, sports, whatever. I agree. Let's wear some other shit. Well, let's. It's okay to venture away from the sports clothing every once in a while. So that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm trying to get into the streetwear a little bit more, where it is that we got the have fun shirts, just have fun. Anybody can wear that. You don't have to like sports. You can actually hate sports and still like the have fun clothing. I want to do more just the second string. Um, more, yeah, I guess just streetwear. Like I said, unrelated to sports, even even to like unrelated to cities because I have a bunch of Detroit stuff that is unrelated to sports. It's just Detroit and it's sick and it plays. But again, I slowly, as I'm doing this longer and longer and it's starting to grow a little bit, like we're starting to gain some legitimate traction. The wheels are starting to move. More people are starting to follow along and pay attention. I understand and I, I realize and I want this to be the case that more and more people will come along that aren't from Detroit, aren't from Michigan. Don't give a fuck. Not only about the sports teams, don't even give a fuck about the city, if you can imagine that. Um, so I want to make clothes that anybody can wear. You don't even need to know who I am. You don't need to know about sports. You can just, oh, it's a cool it's a cool sweatshirt. I'll wear it. Let's do it. I'd wear that to the bar Saturday. Let's do it. I want to make more shit like that. So keep your eyes peeled. Follow the second string on Instagram. It's the dot second dot string on Insta. I'll be posting everything there. Um, and if you have been, if you have purchased, if you have spread the word, I appreciate the support. Let's get into it. I, I've been the last week. Usually I do two of these a week, at least one. Um, I did my last one Monday or Tuesday last week. My parents came to town. They just left this morning. I'm recording this Tuesday. They just left this morning. So I'm back to the bachelor life. I'm back to Monday through Friday. The only thing I do is work, go to the gym and do the second string and, and the Detroiter and the content and the shirts. So I'm back to that life. I was playing host for a week. I was playing between me and you. I was playing Go have a weekend on my parents' time. I love you guys. If my parents are watching, love you guys. Thank you so much for everything you do. Wouldn't be here without you. Um, so I, you know, I kind of took the week off, kind of mailed it in a little bit, which is fine, dude. Relax, baby. Rest, recovery. You can't just be on go mode 24-7. That's burnout. That's how you bring burnout to the table, guys. Nobody likes burnout. We don't want burnout. You can't run a mega Detroit empire if you're burned out, you can't make some of the funniest TikToks Earth's ever seen if you're burned out. And you damn sure can't make the best Detroit sports podcast underneath the sun if you're burned out. So I said, you know what, mom, dad, you guys want to come to town? You want to go to Palm Springs for the weekend? Oh, let's go to Palm Springs. I'm not going to fight you about going and laying in the sun, hiking around Joshua Tree all Saturday. You think I'm going to argue that? You think I'm going to find a reason not to do that? Come on, guys. And we hit the slow point. State was out by that time. Um, Michigan played this past weekend, obviously. They lost their out. So now we're kind of in a dead zone. The Red Wings, who we'll talk about later. Um, dude, can you, I'm already getting like the uh, – I'm already getting that thing. You know the Obama, the Obama gift where he's just so fucking annoyed by something? Mentioning the Red Wings. I, I, I'm picturing the color red. 
I haven't even, well, I guess I just said it, but I'm just picturing that color and I'm getting a migraine thinking about how goddamn pathetic they've been for the last almost month now. We'll talk about that more. Pistons dead zone. They've been in a dead zone pretty much since opening night. Tigers haven't started yet. I think the opening day is April 8th, I want to say, for the Tigs. So once that starts, once we get a little bit closer to opening day, sometime next week, we'll do some Tiger stuff. We'll get the juices flowing with them. Um, Lions, massive offseason, although there was some Lions news, right? Draft is coming to Detroit. The Lions are getting hard knocks. And then another thing, a little less important, they said they are looking to switch uniforms in the next few years. So some exciting line stuff for it being what five months out of football season, like literally the furthest we could possibly be. Well, not the furthest, but very, very far away from football season. Some good line stuff this week, some fun stuff to talk about. Some exciting news, dude, the draft. That's awesome for not only the lions, that's awesome for the city of Detroit. I love it so much too, because all these fucking losers, bro. All these little kids, these clowns on Twitter. Oh, they're doing it in Detroit. That place sucks. Oh, I'd never go to Detroit. Oh, RIP to whatever kid gets drafted first overall in Detroit. Shut the fuck up, man. All these people, like, since when did it become cool to hate on Detroit? When they went bankrupt? When Detroit went bankrupt? Oh, okay. They went bankrupt. Bad look. Kwame Kilpatrick was a scumbag. All right. Fucking, it happens, dude. Every politician on the planet is corrupt. Gotham, you think that's just a Marvel made up super or DC made up superhero universe? Gotham is every American city. I was going to say in the country, but just every American city, every major city, every politician, every cop, you Gotham, you think that shit's made up, dude? That's everywhere. So what they went bankrupt. So what the auto industry needed to bail out. Who cares? All these people on Twitter, I don't understand. That, oh, it's fun. It's funny. It's hilarious, dude. It's sweet to just shit on Detroit, even though you've for sure never been. Um, you don't know anything about it other than they call it the Motor City. Um, and that's pretty much it for most of these people. But they log into Twitter. Oh, Detroit. That's I, I won't be there. Like, shut up, dude. Shut up. And I don't need those people to like Detroit. I don't get those people brain dead. But I am excited for the normal people. I am excited for other people who haven't been Detroit. Maybe they're normal people who have a predisposition of Detroit. That is maybe fairly like, oh, Detroit? That's not, you know. You don't think Miami. You don't think L.A. You don't think New York City when people mention Detroit. I would imagine. If you've never been, if you're not from Detroit, outsiders probably aren't like, oh, shit, Detroit? That sounds luxurious. But I'm excited to have a a league-wide event that will draw thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to the city and people that will hopefully get a taste of Detroit for the first time and understand actually not what Detroit is, not some meme, some 15-year-old kid tweeted out from his bunk bed at his parents' place. So I'm excited for that. And then, of course, obviously, like, it'll just be cool that the draft's there. Um, The economic gain, like, what is the draft like a week-long thing, at least a weekend worth of events and shit like that? They said they're going to have concerts, all those restaurants, all the shops downtown, everywhere is just going to be printing money for that week. Um, And, yes, Birmingham, Royal Oak, Ferndale, Detroit, like, go explore, people. Learn about Michigan, dude. Learn about every time I – I come on here or I go on the internet or I meet people in real life and I talk to, Oh yeah, I'm from like the Detroit area. And I talk to them about, yeah, you know, people don't really like, you don't think of Detroit and think, Oh wow, what a beautiful place. But I always am. I'm this guy. It's like my fucking personality at this point where I'm like, trust me, it's awesome. You, you just go one time. If you ever get the chance, go Detroit's awesome. There's something about it. It's old. It's classic. Like it is a vintage city. In a way, the buildings are unreal. There's a feeling. I love L.A. I, for instance, I love L.A. I love Newport where I live. Um, it's been phenomenal. There still is nothing like Detroit. Like, this place is sweet. It's not Detroit, though. It's not the same as Detroit. You go downtown. You walk down Woodward. You look at some of those buildings. I swear to God, there's just a feeling in the air. Like, there is just a vibe and a presence and a feeling to the city of Detroit. I said feeling twice. I am off my game, dude. Take a week off, go to Palm Springs with the parents. And now I can't record a podcast without sounding like a goddamn amateur. It's on me. I'll be better. We're still warming up here, but I am excited for the city. I'm excited for people to learn hard knocks being with the cats. Are you 
kidding me, dude? How long have we been asking for hard knocks to be with the Lions? I don't know. I think the stipulation is they give it to one of the teams with a top three pick every year, right? Something like that. Like you got to, I think you have to be bad to get hard knocks. I believe like they don't just give that shit to the Patriots. I think you got to kind of be bad, have a little bit of a story. We obviously have Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, new regime. Um, we're bad. Check. We check that box, that mark. We check that box every single year for the last been alive 24 years, 24 years. Um, classic franchise, loser franchise, failure franchise. But it is a franchise that I think it's going to like make some noise. Like, well, who's who else has been on it? The Browns have been on it. Falcons? Have the Falcons been on it? The Rams were on it. Some cool, kind of cool teams, I guess, have been on it. I feel like the Lions are going to do some numbies. They're not the Cowboys, right? They're not, you know, the Giants as far as market. They're not the Bears. The Lions are going to do some numbers, though, I think. I think, like, very renowned franchise, not only in the NFL, but I think the Lions in sports, as ironic as it is, being the fucking losers of not only football but North American major sports, I do think that's built some notoriety. And then in the city of Detroit, who, you know, one of America's greatest city had the power or at its peak in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, um, a football town, just a sports town, right? They've had a couple legendary guys, Barry Sanders, Megatron, Stafford was there for 12 years. He goes to LA, wins a Super Bowl. Like there is history. There is clout, if that's the right word. I hate that word, but I guess that's the word. There is clout to Detroit and the Lions. I think it's going to pull a big-ass audience. I think Dan Campbell is going to be electric behind the camera, dude. Are you kidding, Dan Campbell? We get like eight-second Twitter videos of that guy, and I can't stop thinking about him. Are you kidding? Five one-hour episodes of Dan Campbell just, oh, man, I just can't wait, man. We're gonna This guy's going to bite a couple kneecaps and take him down with you. Man, I'm just fired up, man. Are you kidding me with Dan Campbell? And it's on HBO. Let him fly, Dan. F-bombs, C-bombs, S-bombs, every single letter of the alphabet, bombs. Let them fucking fly, Danny boy. That's why we're here, baby. And that's why you think HBO picked the lines just out of the clouds? It's the reason they didn't come with that loser Patricia was here, that bum, that garden gnome Patricia was here. There's a reason. Because A, he sucks. B, he has the charisma of a chalkboard. Dan Campbell comes to town. Yeah, dude, we'll do Detroit. Very famous franchise, although they haven't been great. Classic city. Huge fan base, Dan Campbell, kind of up and coming. Yeah, dude, we'll do Detroit. We haven't done them yet. Number two pick, dude. Some good storylines, the Jared Goff thing going on. Yeah, we'll do Detroit. So that's exciting. Admittedly, I've never been a huge Hard Knocks guy. Like I've always been, I'll watch, usually I'll watch like an episode or two. They do the five, the five episode seasons. I'll watch one, two. It's tough for me. A couple things. I think the first like two or three times they did it, I watched them and I was like, wow, this is cool. And then I started to kind of just, eh, I don't really care. You know, I kind of was like, eh, whatever. I don't, I don't really, eh, I don't care so much. And it, when it's not your team, right, you're obviously going to care less. So I kind of drifted into the, yeah, I'll watch an episode. I'll watch eh, maybe two episodes, eh, maybe three. like just kind of, oh, my roommate has it on. All right, I'll watch it with him. I can't wait to be locked the fuck in to some hard knocks. I can't wait to just Sunday night, 10 o'clock, HBO, hard knocks, Lions, fucking laser beam, let's go. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for a behind-the-scenes look at the franchise I've been obsessed with for really no reason since I can remember. I can't wait to just see like the inner workings of Dan Campbell, of Brad Holmes, of Sheila Ford Hamp, the people who are in control and running my favorite franchise since I was a child. I can't wait to see the players I watch every Sunday. Like I, everything, dude, everything. I can't wait to see it. Hard Knocks curse. Oh, Hard Knocks curse this, that. Who cares? Who? What's the Hard Knocks curse going to do? We're going to be the exact same that we've been forever. Oh, that sucks. At least we get some extra entertainment out of it. At least in the month of August, before the Hard Knocks curse slash being the Detroit Lions sets in, I'll be in that mind state where, all right, it's August, football season's coming around. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there laying in my bed at night like, well, if Goff, you know, if he plays all right, um, and the O-line should be pretty good, Amon Ra takes another step, DeAndre Swift stays healthy, 
I, the defense improves. They've made a couple signings. The draft went well, defensive heavy. I don't see why these guys couldn't go nine and eight, eight and nine. Like you, I'm going to be there. I'm going to, there's never been a season of Detroit Lions football. We're going in. I was like, this is doomed. Even last year when they were absolutely doomed, I was sitting there like with Penne, Decker and Ragnow, they should be able to run the football a little bit. And if they can run the football, I don't know. They might win five games, six games. If you can run the football at will, you're automatically like a pretty good team. Eh, five games. Wrong. Fucking loser. Moron. Wrong. Um, but it's just a toxic trait of mine. Every offseason, I'll be there. Oh, why not the Lions? Dude? Why, why couldn't they go 500? Cade just banged out on Kevin Durant. Oh, no, he missed. He got fouled. He just got. Oh, he got fouled. He almost banged. Out. Oh, that would have been drumming. <gasps> Oh, Pistons are going to lose bugs. But uh, sorry, well, I got the Pistons game on in the background while I record. Yeah, I, I just, it's a toxic trait. Off season, it's been since February, right? Since the last time I watched the Lions, since January, December, since the last time I watched the Lions, it's a fresh start. It's year two of Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. I just watched a season of Hard Knocks that's gotten me all amped up. I couldn't believe more in Dan Campbell, even if I wanted to. I know what I'm going to be. I know what I'm going to be thinking. I'm going to be sitting there like an absolute clown, like a degenerate loser. I'm going to be sitting there going, I don't see why the Lions can't win eight games this year. I'm going to be doing that. Mind you, this is a team that is very much looking for their franchise quarterback. This is a team that probably, that front office probably hopes they have a pretty high draft pick, not only this year, but next year, probably. And I'm going to go into the season after watching Hard Knocks going, eh, eight wins, nine wins, that's not crazy. Why is that crazy? Why is eight wins crazy? That doesn't seem too crazy. I have a fucking problem. I know I have a problem. That's my problem. But I am excited. Um, as far as the jersey changes, I made a TikTok on it. Please give us the throwbacks. Please give us the throwbacks, dude. Please give us the throwbacks. They're so clean. And you know me. I make the clothes. I'm obsessed with vintage stuff. That old blue, the Lions wear. I like the jerseys now. Don't get me wrong. If the Lions kept these jerseys for another 10 years, I'd be happy. I think they're cool. I like the helmets. I think the logo's good. I like the jerseys. The alternate grays are sweet. The all whites are fucking crispy uh, the all blues are crispy dude i really like these jerseys and then of course the thanksgivings are timeless but that throwback like the barry sanders era with the blue face mask the darker blue jerseys the silver letters with the white outline the the uh old logo it's 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 just classic it's just classic bro and when i think about the detroit lions Yes, the letter L pops to the forefront of my mind. But beyond that letter L, I do a little more digging. I keep on swimming, just keep swimming. And I think of classic. I think of iconic. I think of simple, clean, vintage. Like the lines are, so they've been around since 1934. Like they are a vintage fucking franchise. Say what you will about the performance on the field. And when I think about vintage fran franchises, I think about, effortlessness if that's a word effortlessness i think that's a word like look at the bears have they ever changed their jerseys they're the fucking bears they're classic packers same shit pittsburgh same shit all these programs all these football teams these franchises that have their place in nfl lore they're iconic dude they don't try too hard because they don't need to i think the lions could be and are, should be one of those teams. Give me the throwback blues. Give me that darker shade. Give me that old logo. Give me the blue face mask. Make me feel like these are the 1990s jerseys because they are so pretty and the effortlessness. Oh my God, they're beautiful. It's like the Dolphins jerseys. They wear those Dan Marino throwbacks. And every time I wear them, they wear them. I'm sitting there like, why do they even wear the jerseys that they have? Why do they why do, wear them? Why do they even have those jerseys? Why did they come into the office one day and go, you know what? Let's change the jerseys. These are fucking perfect, but let's change the jerseys. It doesn't make any sense. Lions, I'm kind of in the same boat. Now, I'm sure they rebranded whenever they did it because it was like, we stink. Let's try and rebrand and not be the Lions anymore, I'm sure. 
it, it you're the Lions, dude. It is what it is. Forget about it. You're the Lions. If you're going to change jerseys, please, please revert back to that old school, simple, clean style. Don't give me some brand new. Oh, this is our fourth iteration of the Detroit Lions logo. Don't give me some over the top, like a D mixing with the lion, just stupid looking logo. Don't give me accent marks that it's like the Tiburon Sharks and I made a creative team in Madden. Just don't do anything like that. Don't do what the Miami Dolphins did with their new jerseys. Keep it simple. You're the Detroit Lions. You don't need to try too hard. You don't need to do too much. You just got to be you. If you're going to change the jerseys, and I wouldn't mind them keeping them. I like these jerseys. But if you're going to change the jerseys, just remember who you are. Remember what it means to be iconic. You play football in the city of Detroit. You might not be good at it, but you do it. You are the team in Detroit. You play on Thanksgiving every single year without fail. Just don't overthink this. Don't overthink this, Lions. Okay, quick break. We're going to talk Red Wings after. First, we'll talk Michigan losing, and then we'll talk Red Wings, and then we'll call it an episode. Maybe a second one this week. Um, I don't know. I kind of mentioned it earlier. We're like we're just in a dead zone with sports. Like the Pistons just lost, whatever. Red Wings stink. Tigers haven't started. Like we're just in a dead zone. College sports is done, bro. Can you believe that? How fucked up is that? That's the worst part about losing the tournament. Like, it sucks that stay lost. It sucks that you're out of the tournament and you're not going to win it all. Five months? Five months? I have to wait till September to watch Michigan State play anything? And if you're a Michigan fan, I'm sure you're in the same boat. Yeah, it sucks you guys lost. Sweet 16, you had a fun run. It sucks you lost. But, like, five months, you got to wait to watch your team? And I love the Lions. I love all the Detroit teams. But there is something different. You go to Michigan State. You go to Michigan. There is something a little bit different when the college teams play. Like, it just hits a little bit different. And we got to wait till September, dude. Ah, God damn, that's depressing. Do you know how much MSU stuff I have? Now when I wear it, it's going to be like, oh, why are you wearing that? They don't play today. They don't play for three and a half more months. God damn it. Quick break. Michigan loses to Villanova. It happens. Michigan fans. I'm not going to clown you. I'm not. Believe that or not. I am not going to come on here and roast Michigan fans. Credit to Juwan. I do want to say credit to Juwan. He did a great job. He won those first two games in the first round um, or first weekend, I should say, right after that terrible loss against Indiana people. Phil Martelli. Is Phil Martelli the guy? I still like, dude. Those people exist, bro. Really? Um, and then he didn't punch anyone after he lost to Villanova. That takes guts. That takes guts. He punched Wisconsin's coach or uh, assistant coach in a regular season game. You lose in a sweet 16 matchup to Villanova, right? Kind of a history between Michigan and Villanova after the natty, although that wasn't Juwan. And he didn't hit anybody on the Villanova coaching staff after that loss. So credit to Juwan. That's great. That's great stuff. It's good to see he's improving. It's good to see he's learning. I'm proud of him. Um, not a lot of guys outside of like every single coach in Division One basketball can lose that Sweet 16 game and then go on to not assault anybody on the opposing coaching staff. So good for Juwan. Okay, now I'm done. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. I just had to get that one out of the way. Just had to. Come on. we're. I'm a Michigan State guy. I'm going to throw some barbs. That's what we do. It's why the rivalry's fun. Lighten the fuck up. Now let's talk. They lost to Villanova. I, I, I'm trying to think of this. Like, yes, it sucks. Anytime your team loses, it sucks. They could be the worst team in the league. It still sucks when they lose. When the Red Wings lost a trillion games in 2019, still sucks. Pistons last year. Pistons this year still sucks. Lions this year still sucks. Like, losing always sucks. Even if you don't have the expectation, even if you're a massive underdog, even if you're not supposed to win the game, losing fucking blows, okay? So in that regard, I hear you, Michigan fans. Like, be upset, be disappointed. Yes, it sucks. But in the grand scheme, when you look at this team and what they were for like 90% of the season, right, especially based off where they started, 
where they kind of sat at throughout the regular season. And then the last little kind of burst they gave in the tournament. When you look at where they were all the way up until March Madness started, dude, winning one game in this tournament was a success for Michigan, right? Like winning two games. Are you kidding me? That's you may as well have won the natty with this team. You were an 11 seed. You barely snuck into the tournament. This team was ranked sixth, I believe, to start the season. Sixth. They were a top 10 team at the beginning of the year. You came in as an 11 seed. You beat Colorado State. That was a good win. They got a couple guys. And then you went on and you faced the team in Tennessee who nobody thought you would beat. Michigan fans, you didn't think you'd beat Tennessee. Don't lie to yourselves. They're too athletic. They're too big. They were too sharpened by the SEC this year. This Tennessee team is too good for Michigan to overcome. And they did it. They played really well. They made shots. Hunter Dickinson was awesome. Jawan was fucking incredible. Probably his best game coaching-wise, adjustment-wise of the entire year. You beat Tennessee. You got that whole extra week of excitement and fun planning. You know, where are we going to go? Where are we going for the game Thursday? What bar are we going to? Who's coming? Are we hanging out? Where are your Michigan stuff? You get a whole extra week of that. You get a whole extra week of like the, it's March, dude. I know Villanova is really good, but it's March. We can, anything's possible. We're Michigan. We're the underdogs. We have talent. It's March. Like you get that, just the euphoria of being in March madness for one more week, one more weekend. You get to watch your team play a third game in March madness in the sweet 16, right? More eyeballs on you, the higher stakes. You got everything out of March madness. That makes it awesome. Considering the circumstances every year. Ideally, you would go to the Final Four. Every year, you would win the Natty. Ideally, right? Sadly, not going to happen, especially in a tournament like March Madness. The most like college hoops, like the fact that Coach K, what does he have, like five titles? That Like so ridiculous that he has five. Even the people, so many after the MSU game, Izzo's washed, Izzo's washed, Izzo's washed. I don't feel – like do people understand how absurd eight Final Fours is? eight final fours do you know how hard it is to make a sweet 16 do you like eight final fours bro he has more final fours than the rest of the big 10 combined dude and purdue is up there every year illinois is up there every year it feels like indiana's indiana michigan's been really good since like the late 2000s early 2010s There are a lot of teams. Wisconsin is usually very good. There are a lot of teams in the Big Ten who put out good basketball teams, who have teams and NBA guys that are capable of going to Final Fours. Tom Izzo has more Final Fours in his tenure than the rest of the league combined, dude. Think about that for just a moment. That is so ridiculous. He's sixth. He's got eight Final Fours. I think it's sixth or fifth all time. That's insane. Izzo's washed. It is so difficult to make a Final Four. And looking at Michigan, with that said, I think you should be happy about the Sweet 16. Again, didn't end the way you wanted it to. Anytime your season ends with a loss, it doesn't end the way you want it to. But the nature of the beast, especially in college sports, that's probably going to be the outcome 99% of the time, there's what, like 160 colleges. You're probably not going to win the national championship in basketball more than like maybe once in your lifetime, if you're lucky. And MSU got theirs out of the way when I was three. So that kind of sucks for me. But there is something to be said about Sweet 16s. And there was the whole MSU fan, Michigan fan beef going on all week on Twitter. Oh, they're pumping their chests over Sweet 16s. Oh, they're so excited MSU's out and they're, oh, they made a sweet 16. Like, it drives me nuts, the MSU U of M fan back and forth, because for a couple reasons. I don't mind. Like, I chirped Juwan to start the the segment. I don't mind chirping each other. That's why rivalries are fun. Talking shit makes rivalries fun. And rivalries make sports way more fun. So I don't mind that. What bothers me is I can talk some shit. Like I can make fun of Juwan not being able to control himself after he loses. And then I can still turn around and go, yeah, that was impressive for Michigan. Beating Tennessee was very good. Very impressive. That's great that they made a sweet 16. Like you should be happy about making a sweet 16, especially going into the tournament with a team. You didn't have final four hopes. You didn't have elite eight hopes. You didn't have sweet 16 hopes even. 
and you made it. Like that is a win. That is a success. Would I deem the entire season a success? Probably not considering you started as a top 10 team. All we heard about were the two freshmen and Dickinson's coming back. And then you kind of shat the bed and you won a couple. You saved a little bit of the season in the tournament, which is great. But don't act like you won the Natty. Don't act like it's the best college basketball season ever, right? I think what bothers me about it is just the ridiculous mentality on both sides. Like if you're a Michigan fan, talk some shit. Yes. Oh, Michigan State, who'd you guys play this weekend? Classic. Good one. Don't hate that. Oh, we played while Michigan State was on the couch. All right, a little more basic, but okay, I can respect it. You're coming from the right place. Talk some shit, dude. You're in the Sweet 16. We aren't. I'm not going to begrudge any Michigan fan who's throwing out the, oh, who'd State play this weekend? I'm not going to, like, get in a fucking fuss because, oh, he made fun of Michigan State for losing. Brother, that is the point of rivalries. But for some reason, I log on to Twitter and a Michigan fan fires that out, which rightfully so, MSU fans, we would be doing the literal exact same thing, if not more over the top, if State was in it and Michigan was at home. Remember that. And State fans will see that and go, oh, but who's been to the more Final Fours? Who's at the last Final Four? Oh, but who did the um, – but, but, like, it's okay, guys. State fans, it's okay. Michigan's good at basketball. They have been since John Beeline got there. The last like 10 years, Michigan's a good basketball program. It's okay, dude. It's okay. Now, if Michigan wins a national championship, I'll probably be a little sick to my stomach. But until then, it's okay, bro. You can admit that Michigan is good at basketball. That's like, I don't understand in the whole rivalry why nobody seems to be able to do that. You can admit that. That's okay. Now, maybe if it's the week before Michigan, Michigan State, right? The night before Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, I'm going to be a dickhead. Yeah, I'm going to talk shit. I'm not going to say one nice thing about Ann Arbor, the state, the, the, or not the state, the university. Like, I'm going to roast every single aspect of the University of Michigan that I can possibly roast. Every player on the team, every coach on the staff. I'm going to be ruthless about it. Once the game ends, it's kind of like, all right, if Michigan State won, let's get off a few more jokes. And then the next day happens, and it's like, okay, cool, we beat Michigan. That's great. And if vice versa, we lose, all right, take a couple jokes. Next day, all right, we lost to Michigan. That sucks. It's it, People get so like over-invested, and they lose their minds in this rivalry. Like, dude, at the end of the day, think about it like you're a normal person. Think about it if you're with your friend who went to U of M. Michigan makes the Sweet 16. MSU didn't. They had a better postseason. Like what? And then he's going to go, oh, who's state play this weekend? Like he's obviously making fun. He's making a lighthearted joke. He's not insulting you or your family. He's just poking fun because your college team lost and his didn't. And they're rivals. Very fair. And then you're going to just get butt hurt and go on this rampage about, oh, we're so much better. We've made more Final Fours. Tom Izzo did this. Like, I understand the inherent need and want to defend MSU. Like, good, glad, love to hear it. But at the same time, it's okay. Michigan's good. Michigan is a good basketball school. It's okay. It happens. Like, Michigan being a good basketball school doesn't mean Michigan State can't be a good basketball school. And I feel like that's how this rivalry goes, both football, both basketball. Like, oh, MSU's really good. That It's like that means Michigan's bad. Like, no, dude, Michigan's good too. MSU might just be better or vice versa. It's so fucking annoying. And I don't understand how people can just tirelessly, endlessly argue and argue and argue and argue about it. It's like, dude, who gives a fuck? Like Michigan made the Sweet 16. Good for them. MSU didn't. Okay, they're going to make jokes. Like, they're not winning anything. Okay, they made the Sweet 16 and then lost. Cool, that's good. They Good for them. Sweet 16 appearance. It is a nice little reward. I would have liked Michigan State to make the Sweet 16. I'd be fucking throwing that around a little bit if we did. It's no Final Four. It's obviously no national championship, but, like, that's meaningful. Of course, they're going to get some jokes off. You don't need the become Mr. Spartan, like Mr. I'm going to just argue until my eyes bleed because Michigan won a fucking basketball game. Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts because then it creates the whole, like, I just try to make jokes. 
I just make a lighthearted Michigan joke and everyone's on my ass. Cause it's both ways. Everyone's on my ass. And I'm sitting there like, dude, I'm just making a joke about Michigan. Like we're rivals. I really don't fucking care that much. Like lighting, lighten up, just announce. I, that's all I got to say. Um, as far as the game, Villanova's sick. I mean, they just, they won again. They're going to the final four. Villanova's sick. Um, Michigan state lost to a final four team. Michigan lost to a final four team. Credit to us brothers in arms. Villanova's sick. You run into those teams. They're just better than you. They're going to beat you, especially Michigan. Not a great team this year, right? Had a lot of fucking problems. Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> I kind of forgot. Hunter Dickinson literally can't make a layup, dude. How are you seven feet tall and you can't make a layup? Eh. You can't make a layup. You can't make one in like 10 layups. You can't make a single goddamn layup. There's a there's some eight-year-old kid right now who made more layups out of 10 than Hunter Dickinson did in that basketball game against Villanova with a chance to go to the Elite Eight. Think about that for a second. And it's perfect, too. Might be a little mean here, Michigan fans. It's perfect, too, though. Like Hunter Dickinson, they make the Sweet 16, right? They win back-to-back games probably for the first time all year. This guy's feeling himself. He's puffing his chest. We just beat Tennessee. We're going to the Sweet 16. And he opens his mouth. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois. He's running down the gamut. Oh, I remember when they were chanting NIT. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Like, same shit. All those schools were out. Michigan wasn't. I don't mind him getting some, you know, firing a couple shots. Again, it makes sports more fun. It makes college sports certainly more fun. I don't mind it, but it's so perfect that he goes on that little tirade thinking he's the funniest fucking dude on the planet. And then he goes and actually couldn't hit the ocean if he had to. Like this guy blew it for the Wolverines. And that's the funniest part. This guy, the one guy who had to open his mouth is the one guy who caused Michigan to lose the game. It's perfect. It really is. The one guy who coming off last year, this dude's going to be unstoppable. Michigan's going to do incredible things. If Dickinson returns, he returned. All right. He returned. All right. And he did some incredible things. He missed more layups than anybody I've ever seen in a sweet 16 game. That's incredible. Good job, Hunter. So that was perfect. It's just so Michigan. It's you can't write a better script than a guy like Dickinson doing that. You really can't coming off Juwan Howard hitting people like you, you just cannot write it better. And that was glorious to watch as a Michigan State fan. I must say it was glorious to watch Dickinson specifically just melt like a hot Reese's cup that's been sitting in the July sun. Like it was glorious just to see this kid crumble in front of the national audience when everything matters the most, right? When you're getting, he's not missing threes. He wasn't missing fucking turnaround hooks, fadeaway jump shots. No, dude, this guy was from me to the phone and couldn't make the ball go in the hoop like that. And he's seven feet tall. Like all he had to do was just boop, just, fucking push it, lay it in, just set the ball, set the ball on the hoop. That's all he had to do. And he couldn't do it for shit. He's running his fucking mouth. Oh, Michigan state. Well, guess what, Hunter? You're back at home with them. It was perfect. It was a good game. I thought Eli Brooks was pretty good. Um, He kept hitting shots. Villanova time and time again, especially in the second half, they kept stretching it to like seven, eight, nine points. And it, it, a million times I was sitting there like, uh-oh, Michigan's about to just get fucking blown out right here. Like this is going to become 20 points in the blink of an eye. And Eli Brooks, I swear he hit like two or three of them, just clutch threes where Villanova was starting to stretch it. They're starting to dominate a little bit. Michigan struggling to score and it's starting to feel like, oh, shit. This game might become ugly here. And Eli Brooks, the leader, the senior Comes down, nails a three. Comes down, nails a three. Dickinson can't make a layup. Caleb Houston can't make shit. Musa Diabate struggling. Eli Brooks, nail a three when you absolutely need it or the game's going to be over. I thought he was great. I thought he was the redeeming quality of Michigan. And it doesn't matter because the game's over and the season's over. But I thought he was, like, I was impressed by him. And it's a like you know senior guy who's probably not going to be back at Michigan. Cool to see him have a good moment like that. Although again, didn't end up meaning jack shit. Kind of cool to see, um, but it is what it is. That's March. It's what happened to Michigan State. 
what happened to Michigan is the same shit that happened to Michigan State. You played pretty well, although Dickinson, not great. Um, you had a good team, right? The boys were kind of clicking. Uh, if you're Michigan, you're playing as well as you have all year, right? And then you just run into a team who's just better. Like it felt like Villanova didn't miss a three. Um, they were incredible on defense, rebounding all of their shots. It felt like we're wide open. Like I can't even think of one moment where I was like, oh, wow, how'd that go in for Villanova? It just felt like ball movement, fucking screens, running sets. Everybody's always wide open, and they made their shots like good teams do. Same shit happened to MSU. Played pretty well, had a good run, have a pretty good team, have some talent, and then you just played a team that's better than you. Happens. That's March Madness, dude. You win two games, you're going to play a really good team. You win one game, you're going to play a good team. You win two games, you are going to play a team that will give you all kinds of problems. You're going to play a team who, if you leave them open, will make shots. You're going to leave a team who thinks and believes and is capable of making the Final Four. Same shit happened to the both of them, and that's how it goes in March. Play good teams, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <sighs> And we got to wait till September to watch college sports again. Oh, that's set in for me two weekends ago. Michigan fans, that's probably setting in for you right now. Like, fuck, I just talked about it. But like, every time I think about it, fuck, that long to watch college sports again. Oh, okay. That's enough about Michigan. We'll do like five, 10 minutes of Red Wings, call it a day. Um, I don't know. Might come back for a second episode this week. I don't know. We're still, it's kind of dead, like I said. The Detroit Red Wings. Um, I don't really know where to start. I'm going to try not to get too angry for a couple reasons. One, I like the shirt. I don't want to start sweating in it. Um, two, I just prefer to not be angry than being angry. Um, three, I've spent enough time already in the last week or so, certainly since the Tampa game the other night, being angry. Four, I've read enough that just kept on making me angry. Five, I'm tired of the Red Wings being dog shit. Six, I'm tired of teams in Detroit being dog shit. Seven, I'm tired of teams I like in general being dog shit. Things I like in general being dog shit. Eight, they're the Red Wings. They're the class of the NHL. It literally nauseates me that they're dog shit. Nine, Jeff Blaschel has the longest leash on the goddamn planet, longer than Clifford the Big Red Dog. Dog shit. I just don't understand what's happened to this team. I, it's inexplicable. Three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, maximum, since the month of March began, ever since or, or before the month of March, all year, this team has been pretty good, right? They were probably never going to make that playoff spot. Boston, too much experience. The East is loaded. But they kind of hung around. They made it interesting. They've been within, you know, reasonable striking distance for like the entire year up until March, right? They've beaten some good teams. They've given every team a run for their money. They've been in like 95% of the games they played. Every night the Red Wings were taking the ice. It was like, yeah, I don't care if we're playing Tampa. I don't care if it's Florida. I don't care care if we're playing Pittsburgh or Boston. I think the Red Wings can win tonight. We've got guys now. Now we got Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider to go with Bertuzzi and Larkin. We've got goaltending in Nadelkovich. I think the Red Wings can win tonight. Sure, they might not be the favorites. I think they can do it, though. They will be competitive. They will make it interesting. And if Pittsburgh goes out and sleepwalks, why not? And then March. I don't know what's happened to them. They, not only has this team fallen from the graces of just being competitive, like that's all I wanted. That's all I asked. If you watch the, or listen to the podcast at the beginning of the season, I came on and I said, all I want this year from the Red Wings is to keep me interested through the 82nd game. Just keep it relatively close in the standings. Keep the level of play relatively mediocre, I suppose. 
and just keep me interested. Make me want to turn in, tune into the Red Wings every time they play. I don't need it to be for a playoff spot. I don't need it to be must win and you're in. I don't need to, to have severe playoff implications. Just play a style and bring a level of competition and excitement where every night I'm like, okay, we're out of the playoffs. I still want to see what they do tonight. They've been fun. And since March, dude, we have fallen off a cliff in that department. Like I, I don't want to watch the Red Wings almost for the rest of the year. I will watch them again because again, I'm a sick bastard. I have problems. I don't want to though. I don't want to watch this team give up 10 goals again. I fucking can't bro. I can't, I had to turn the Pittsburgh game off. It was, I tuned in and it was two zero. Um, I think I went to get a sandwich and it was five zero. Like, not even exaggerating. Literally not exaggerating. 2-0, come back maybe five minutes later, it's 5-0. Not exaggerating. That's fucking pathetic. That's pathetic. And again, you would think after you get your ass rocked, like two, three, four, five, six, seven times in a row where you're giving up, double-digit goals nearly every goddamn time you take the ice, you would think a few things would happen. You would think the guys would come out like, hey, let's not give up 11 goals tonight. Hey, let's not get fucking embarrassed tonight. Hey, let's not lose this game by nine tonight. Hey, let's fucking win tonight. You would think the coaching staff would go, all right, well, we've been implementing the same strategy for the entire month of March. And we haven't given up fewer than seven goals yet. And it's been five games. Maybe we should try something else. We're one in 10 in the month of March. But you know what? Let's roll them back out there. Maybe the strategy, maybe the game plan will work this week or this night. There you go, Blash. Roll them back out there. Like something's got to change. You would think that that would be the case. You would think after losing those first three games in March, like eight goals, nine goals, 11 goals, 12 goals, whatever they were. You would think after losing football games, after those first couple, Jeff Blasha would go, all right, I got to do something. I got to flip up the lines, um, change the game plan, whatever, something. Nope, eh, that's fine. Let's just, oh, we got Pittsburgh tonight? And Sid, you know, we don't know how much time Sid's got left. Make sure they get in the double digits, fellas. Like, it's fucking pathetic. It is pathetic. You are the Detroit Red Wings. You are the Detroit Red Wings. You're losing games 11 to 2, 12 to 1, 10 to 3. You are the Detroit Red Wings. This isn't 2019. There isn't that horseshit, oh, we're in the middle of the rebuild excuse anymore. Dylan Larkin's been great. Tyler Bertuzzi's a good player. Lucas Raymond, Mosite are good players. You have guys now. Yeah, you don't have a Stanley Cup roster for sure. You have guys that should disallow teams from scoring 11 fucking goals on you, though. You have guys on your team that shouldn't go a month without playing a competitive hockey game. Like, it's mind-boggling to me. And the one saving grace is I know Steve Eiserman is up there just fucking voodoo-dolling guys. Steve Eiserman's up there like, yep, Jeff Blaschel, you just made the list. Yep, Mark Stahl, you just made the list. Danny DeKaiser, he made the list a couple weeks ago. He's not with the Red Wings anymore. That is the only saving grace. Steve Eiserman up there just, pew, that guy's gone. He's never going to wear red again. That dude's never going to see the inside of Little Caesars. Boop, boop, boop. Steve Eiserman's up there moving the chess pieces. Thank God. Because if we didn't have a guy like Steve, we were still in the Ken Holland days or someone else that I didn't have full and complete faith in. It would be, I, I'd i be irate. But I do have a little bit of a gripe for our man, Steve. I do. At some point, much like the team, much like the gameplay, much like these scores and the effort and the competitive level, at some point, Steve, something's got to give. I don't know if that's players. I don't think so. I don't know if that's Jeff Blashill. I fucking think so, for sure. I don't know if that's front office guys, whatever. I think it's Jeff Blashill. At some point, something has to go. 
Maybe he's waiting till the end of the season, which fine. Changing the coach is now probably not going to do anything. Obviously, you're, you're not saving the season or anything. It's time. I think Blashill's been here like nine years, something like that. His entire tenure, the Red Wings have been bad, which to a degree is no fault of his own. But again, to a certain extent, like, is there some kind of correlation? Like, you have to kind of take accountability. Like, Jeff, I know the roster kind of sucked ass for most of the time you were here. But at the same time, the entire time you were here, this was a historically bad hockey team. They've been great. Not great, but for their standards, for what we've gotten used to the last five years, the Red Wings were great this year. Floating around 500, one, one spot out of the playoffs. Lucas Raymond, these guys having big seasons. And then all of a sudden in the month of March, the wheels just totally fall off and you can't even keep a game close. You can't even look competitive. You look like the 2019 dark, dark, dark days of the Red Wings rebuild. And Larkin's having a career year. LCA is more full than it's been since 2014, 2015, whenever it opened. At some point, the finger's got to be fucking pointed. And I don't care if Alex Nedeljkovic is showing up to the rink with a hole in his catching glove. I don't care if Lucas Raymond is using floss as a hockey stick. I don't care if Dylan Larkin is buttering his skates before he takes the ice. I don't care how many goals we let in that are Mark Stahl's fault. I don't care how bad Thomas Grice is. I don't care how good the Tampa Bay Lightning are. I don't give a fuck about any of that. I really don't. At some point, you're the guy in charge, Jeff. You're the coach, Jeff. You're the guy who draws up the game plan and is responsible for thinking of ways. Hey, you don't have a Stanley Cup roster. So you know what? You make millions of dollars. Figure out a way to win the game without one. Novel idea. Oh, Jeff, the last three games, you've given up 10, 9, and 11 goals. Maybe change something so you don't give up a fucking football score again. Just a thought. Yet he doesn't. And he's always been stubborn. I've talked nauseatingly about his philosophy with the dump and chase. I've talked about the way he handles the rookies. Zadina, namely. Joe Valeno, namely. Putting him on the fourth line so guys like Sam Gagne can get more ice time. No disrespect. I've had it with Jeff Blasio. I don't care if it isn't his fault. I don't give a fuck if it's the trash man's fault. Get rid of them. It's time for a fresh change. It's time for someone new, a new voice, a new mindset, a new way of doing things, fresh blood. Just it's time. It hasn't worked out. It may or may not be his fault. I don't care. Lose Jeff Blasio. I'm sick of it. This team has been pathetic and I'm done with it. God damn it. They they annoy me. All right. That's all I got today, folks. Appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate the support. Um, we'll be back maybe Friday. If not next week, I'll talk to you guys then. Thank you.